think of the mood lighting. Nice. Yeah. <coughs> Can't really see anything now. I'm going to turn this on. Hey, everyone. Kara Kendricks here with the Unbroken Podcast with my wife, Marilyn. Hi, everybody. We were just shooting a picture of us right before we started. We've got our Unbroken shirts on. And, of course, I had to get all fancy. I took a photo of us through the cameras, through the podcast setup with the... Of course. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know. Yeah, we'll just say where we got these shirts. We, a couple we friends and shirts? myself went down for lunch, or on lunch down to the mall, and we walked in, and Deb says, oh, you need those. <laughs> and so we picked up, I picked up three for the family. I went back and got them later, yeah. Um, we just happened to see them, and they fit perfectly for what we're doing here. So Yeah, it says that. unbroken on them. Of course, I mean, we're not the first people to use the word unbroken, but it uh, has a holds a special place in my lexicon because of the, the song that I wrote. With, That's true. With Ron McNeil. Yeah, you bet. Um, but, and that has been the name of this podcast. Seems to be catching on. We've got lots of lots of listeners. I know you're going to want to maybe do a, a shout out at least to how many numbers we're getting. We're just getting so many uh, good yes. engagements on social media. And thanks for, thanks for everyone for listening, checking it out. If you're New to this, if this is your first episode, make sure go back to the first ones. They're not too long, but uh, we're telling our journey through mental health. Yeah, each week I'm I'm actually amazed at each week since we started this, I've got private messages from people, and of course some on social media. But um, it's I'm really thankful. I just want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen. Um, we really appreciate it, and we hope that you know it does help somebody. Um, again, we're not professionals were just a family that went through something that was pretty hard That's and right. uh, we just hope that we can offer some hope and some insight so today we're going to kind of wrap up um, Cohen's journey and then next week um, Amy's going to come on we're going to do a podcast with Amy yeah so I'm excited about that for so sure yeah yeah it's it's going to be interesting for the listeners to hear you know the stories of a, of a half sibling half sibling 12 years apart with some of these issues and a girl know, yeah and a girl as well of it's course different brings a different you know sort of i don't know story well, to it I guess. for sure it, it it's you know everyone has their challenges male or female or or other of course there's always that situation too but um you know the the girls definitely have a um, there's a reason there's a movie called mean girls as far as i'm concerned Ed. <laughs> it's uh yeah it was it was a challenge for sure and i think it's even harder now so yeah but uh, back to the case at hand here. So this is part four with Cohen. We're going to just try and wrap up a few of the things that we've touched on over the last three uh, episodes. And, uh, yeah, take it away, Marilyn. What do you got there? Well, I don't know. I've got a lot of stuff, just kind of random thoughts and things that, you know, things that maybe I wish we would have talked about or whatnot. But I think there was just so much that happened that it's actually, you know, you got a slight overview of what actually went on there. Mm -hmm. It's just impossible to, you know, get it all. But there was a couple of things that came to mind as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today. And um, one of the things I think that was uh, pretty important to talk about was suicide. Yeah. And I don't like talking about suicide. Who does? It brings back, makes me really upset, actually. Yeah. But um, I feel like it's something that, you know, I learned a lot about about that when, especially with Cohen. I mean, 
Amy too, but especially with Colin, I think. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that I wanted to kind of get across today is that I learned is that you should never be afraid to talk to the person about it. Now, that's what we were advised. We were advised that. And it makes sense. It's it's hard, but you have to. You have to treat it like a, a, a health issue because it is a health issue. This Absolutely. isn't people choosing to have this frustrating lives and wanting to tick off their parents. No, it's a exactly. health issue. No, for sure. And um, as I know, as I mentioned in one of the podcasts there, that when Colin did finally um, break down and tell me that he was very depressed, um, I did ask him about suicide, and I don't know how I knew that, but I guess it was the right thing as we found out as time went on. But the um, the thing is that, that we were told is to ask the person if they're having suicidal thoughts, and if they are ask them if they have a plan yeah and the plan seemed to be the thing that was quite important there and of course i mentioned cohen did have a plan cohen had a very specific plan yeah so we we were very worried about that through his whole journey yeah and that in itself is um something that's really hard to deal with and again something hard to talk about some of the things that we did talk about with him was we would ask him if he was having those thoughts and if he was we would ask him if he was safe yeah and we developed a safe word that's something we did eh? do yeah we did (laughs) i don't remember yeah i had it i had it set that if he texted me or called me and said the safe word okay that i would know that he was in bad shape that day or yeah whatever but i mean you know when you go to bed at night and you your child goes to bed and then you have all these worries and thoughts and things and there isn't a lot you can actually do but that was the thing that we thought the one thing that we did do to help with some of that yeah yeah it's uh, one of those things where you have to talk about it it is part of the deal, and even if the propensity for maybe a, a teen to go, oh, stop it, or or, or you know, to, to try and dismiss it, um, you know, mental health is that that's the ultimate, right? Is is the exit, um, uh, you know, a life of of pain and and uh, being anxious or depressed or or any combination of those things, um, th- they're just often looking for a way out. And uh, when they're not getting the help that they need or, you know, if they're in a rough spot for too long, these are very real things. And uh, the, the more detailed the plan, the more finite the plan, mm-hmm. the more you have to worry about. Yeah, it brings up a lot of emotion. Oh, I know. It's, it's awful. Um, yeah, there was like a time Cohen had his room down in the basement and so he, we didn't feel like he was like right close to us, you know, but I remember specifically like you and I both telling him, and I remember specifically one night you telling him like, I will come and sleep on the couch outside your room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you do what you can do, but there's still that threat of like, it's out of your control. Well, and it kind of is, right? Well, it you is, know, yeah. Ultimately, you can only be there and, you know, keep an eye on so but but you know and then there's that 
possibility of hovering and and you don't want to you know smother them with with 24 hours or ask them 20 times a day yeah surveillance right i mean it, it it again it has to be treated like in our experience anyway it has to be treated like any other health condition how's your arm today yeah did you break it you know <laughs> how are you feeling today mentally are you having suicidal thoughts um how is your anxiety levels you know the, these these are the things that we need to have a frank discussion about yeah and then kind of going along with that theme um we did sort of touch on the fact that cohen at one point was uh, using substances mm -hmm. we sort of touched on it a bit but not really to any great lengths no and we we kind of struggled with like how much you know like without you know saying something that he didn't want talked about but we've talked to him about this so every step of the way he's in on this so it, but i think like watching demi lovato last night yeah that's uh, as we're recording this we did just go down the rabbit hole of uh of seeing watching demi lovato's uh well i guess it's a four-part yeah youtube series on on youtube premium but uh, there's only two available right now and the funny thing is i started playing the old one from 2017 i didn't even realize it was an old one and mm. you know everything oh she seems so great but she was not great and we found that out so this new one yeah it was a very a real eye-opener for us, and we thought it was very important to, um, you know, these, usually people are, kids are pretty smart, right, and um, they can pretend, and they can hide things, too. Well, they can look fine. That's something yeah. I was just jotting down on my notes here, that, you know, a lot of people will say, well, seems happy. Mm -hmm. He's out with his friends, he's out doing this, he's out yeah. doing that, or whatever, but that biography or whatever we watched last night was just mind-blowing like yeah. it really drove it home that like that is just on the surface and what going on underneath is something else yeah so we thought maybe we would touch a bit on it and i mean we didn't really um think well, i at least didn't think that cohen was doing any form of drugs not no, really not really no we didn't uh see any behaviors that were but again, we're we're pretty naive, you know. Well, I think, I you know, um, we're just so green when it comes to to drugs that it's, you know, we don't know what to look for in a way, right? So no, we don't. And I mean, coupled in with the depression he was going through, I mean, he was depressed before he started using. That's for of sure. Of course, yeah. And so that's kind of why we were, you know, thinking it was important to talk about because it is something that you know people will turn to because mm -hmm. when they're just so unhappy and can't function. I mean, we saw it with our own eyes. Yeah. Um, this was what can happen. Yeah. And like a lot goes along with that, but I mean, he was like very straight kid yeah. and never would have suspected anything like that and therefore did not think that. Yeah. Um, the first time I heard that was when we took him to the stallery. Yeah. Which we might have mentioned this before, I don't remember, we but yeah. we took him to the stallery because he was suicidal thoughts and they asked him about drug use and he said he had tried marijuana and I was shocked <laughs> but I stepped you know I said I'll step back so you can talk freely and he said no that's it and that was kind of where that was so we kind of knew there was something on the go there but uh, yeah we didn't know to the extent yeah at the time yeah, we whether or not that was truth at the time, or Don't it know. definitely wasn't truth later because it it, it definitely escalated. 
into yeah anything you can get your hands on for the most part and from you know he's been very open and honest about a lot of that stuff too and again we didn't want to dwell on it in particular because it you know the specific drugs or or all that stuff it's it's not it's not necessarily important to the story but it is important to know that you know kids can people can hide things very well and they are looking for help they're looking for something some relief and it's not first of all it's not just you know marijuana and whatever they're um, most of these pills are made in a factory somewhere and being sold with a prescription Um, not necessarily to the one that's taking them though is the problem or they can get end up getting laced with something now we've heard you know they're street pressed or whatever they call them now there's all these all these slang terms that you start to pick up on a little bit through the process but yeah I think I just really like wanted to get across that there was in no way shape or form would I ever have suspected yeah him because he was completely um just the opposite yeah of what you would expect someone to do that but given his circumstances of his you know his depression it shouldn't have been surprising no especially when you consider how long well relatively speaking how long it took for us to get help to get you know all of those med changes and you know the the roller coaster he was on every time we made a change was terrible and some of that may have been amplified somewhat by other things he was doing or taking i don't know and we won't know but whatever it is you know these are the things that uh that we have to talk about yeah i actually just texted him a few minutes ago and asked him if i could speak about this episode and he said that i could um i don't really like talking about this but um it's something i think probably is relevant to talk about this is the most important one yeah yeah i think he, uh, one evening, I don't know what month it was, but he dismissed himself or he dismissed. He said he needed to go to bed. He, yeah, he came home from school. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. He came home. It was supper time. He, I don't know, even know if he ate. He I don't took he a ate. plate to his room. I don't know. He no. went right upstairs. He went straight anyway. upstairs. Yeah. And so we were controlling his meds. So it was his nighttime medication time, and it was after like, getting on where he needed to come and get it. And he didn't come, so I went to his room, and I knocked on the door, and he didn't answer me. So I eventually walked in, and he was really, like, out of it. And I remember walking over to him and leaning down, and he was sweating. And I started to shake him, and I was like, Cohen, Cohen. And he sort of, like, groggily, like, looked up at me, and I said, what's wrong? And I went and flew, it, you know, opened his window up, and he said, I'm just really tired. And I said, are you sick? And he said, no, I'm, I'm just tired. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to, I won't give you your, your um, sleeping pill. So I just gave him his other pill or whatever. And then I walked out of the room, and I went to Karak, and I said, do you think he might have taken something? And Karak said, no, I, <laughs> you were total denial. No, he's just tired or whatever. So I think I probably went and checked on him, but I did not follow my gut instinct. Mm-hmm. And for that, I am not very happy with myself. It could have ended up a lot worse. It could have ended up bad. I um, did not know until, oh, a few weeks later, he was talking about... I don't know, moving out or something. And we had ended up in this deep conversation and 
he broke down and he said that he had actually taken a bunch of ecstasy, I guess it was. I guess, yeah. Something. And he really didn't care, I don't think, at that point, what the outcome was. Yeah. And that was, um, that was really a, a horrible thing. And this was after the ECT, right? So yeah, that was the, quite yeah, a bit the, after. The it was this the spring. is why we're trying to make sure that we close a few loops on some of the things that we've talked about in the past few episodes. And and again, please, we're just reminding you this is just our our story. We're doing our best to to provide some sort of a long form discussion between us uh, to so that pe- people f- out there, if they're dealing with this or they have dealt with it, they they don't feel so alone and. To share our story, but uh, so we might be getting some things wrong, right? And, and we need to make sure we uh, say that. But uh, yeah, this this was a situation where it wasn't like he went in for ECT, you know, 10, 20 treatments later, everything's fine. It wasn't. It, it, it was a long go. Yeah. Um, and it took, it, in a way, it seemed like it was overnight, but it definitely wasn't. It was, it was months and months beyond that where we finally felt like we were out of the woods, Um I would say even probably Christmas. We'll see. That was about in May. 2019, right? Like That was in that April, was May. May. It was after we'd and taken were, him to L.A. It was... Yeah, we had... Yeah, we... The, every, you know, I don't know. He'd gotten his driver's license in March that year when he turned 16. Yeah. Um, this was for his 16th birthday that we took him to L.A. Yeah. To see Polythia. Yeah. And so, you know, we... Yeah, we thought we were farther ahead than we were, mm-hmm. and that's really the frustrating part. And it's yeah. frustrating in the way it's just it's so emotional. Like the roller coaster is real, mm-hmm. and uh, there's just the, I don't know. There's no shortcuts around it. It is what it is. No, you have to just keep keep doing the work. Keep asking the questions. Yeah. Keep booking the appointments. Go with the instinct. Yeah, that was a big one instinct. in this case. Yeah, you. Um, you know, you've always, you know, moms just seem to have a, a better um, emotional connection with their kids. And this was one in particular where, yeah, I was just, yeah, whatever, he's going, going to bed. I mean, it, you know, again, because he, he had been through so much stuff, it wasn't necessarily unlike him to maybe go to bed a little early or to stay up late. Teenagers do that anyway. And then, you know, you add some of this stuff on top. But, um, yeah, that was a weird one. And uh, we had... We thought we it was kind of out of the woods, but I think what we were observing, just to dissect it a little bit, is the depression kind of got better, right, in a way, right? So he wasn't as dark, lethargic, but yeah. he was still making really terrible decisions. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I remember talking with uh, his therapist. At one point there, we talked about having him P-chad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is where they... You can have them taken and taken to somewhere for 10 days to get them clean. But we weren't sure to the extent, so we didn't know. So it was, but, but things were getting, going sideways. And, and we, we, I, I, we were in therapy ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had some advice from our therapist and finally the conclusion that we came to, I just asked Karak what, again, what that saying was, but it was harm reduction is what he told us. Yeah. He said, you know, if he's going to go to that party, well, you offer him the safe ride there, the safe ride home. Well, this is all stuff we had done. 
Um, We were very open with him about that. If you're planning on drinking or anything, leave the car at home. We'll come get you. We'll put Uber on your your our card. You can access Uber when you need it. Mm-hmm. These were all things we had done, but it was just um, to have that reinforcement, you know, not the expectations maybe that we thought, like maybe that he needed to do school so many hours a day, but was he getting his work done? Did he need to have a bedtime? No, because he was still able to get up and get his work done. Like all this yeah. stuff, you know, helped us kind of sort it out. But yeah. I would say, like, one thing that came out of that experience um, that when he took all that stuff was that it scared him. I yeah. Would, I would, that's kind of what he indicated, that it, it made yeah. him a little bit frightened that he maybe took it a bit too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so. think that was uh, probably the wake, one of the wake-up calls he needed. There were a couple other instances over the next few months, but they yeah. seemed to get less frequent mm-hmm. and less severe, and then... It just seemed like, yeah, there was a corner turned at a certain point. It's hard to pinpoint exactly where and when, but it was. So it's it's it, things can happen quickly, but it, it's also a long journey and a long game, and you have to just keep your eye on the ball. And yeah, in know. the video we did there, you'll see um, him. You're lighting up a cigar for him. <laughs> we shared a cigar that was on his 18th birthday. Yeah, and we asked him, "Do you want, you know?" a wine or something like he didn't want any alcohol he just wanted a cigar it's like that's pretty cool so we got him a really good cigar we did yeah Yeah. and his yeah yeah his his buddy there too yeah i mean we we wanted to we we don't want him to feel like he can't partake but that's again that's sort of his story and his journey and it appears as though he wants to stay clean because he he doesn't want to go down that rabbit hole again. And any, you know, anyone you've talked to, and it was reiterated to us through that Danny Lovato thing. As soon as there's a drink involved, then the use can escalate. Yeah. Because there's often drinking involved with drug taking or whatever. And there's a, a natural, um, euphoria. Yeah. That starts to happen. And I think in his case, yeah, he's just going to try and stay straight edge or whatever. And, well, and he, you know, he's got to get his 7,000 hours in his guitar, whatever he's shooting <laughs> 10, for 10,000 hours, yeah. How many is it? 10,000. 10,000 yeah, hours, uh, yeah. He, he's very belt, dedicated yeah. to his uh, guitar playing. He is, yeah. He plays a lot, practices a lot. Um, he's, yeah, he's amazing. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's been very goal-oriented, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's also seeming to be enjoying the, enjoying the journey, another terrible term, but true, like he... Uh, he comes from definitely my lineage of, of you know, you got to have a plan and you got to have a roadmap and then you, you follow from A through Z. But he seems to be allowing himself to just wing things and enjoy things too for the sake a of it. A lot more lately. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. We were just talking about that, I think last week or something. And, you know, we've also like encouraged him to like when he feels like getting a job, he can get a job. We wanted him to focus on his school. Um, yeah just to get through because he's doing he did all his high school online yeah himself and he so. missed almost a full year yeah, anyway he did so he has caught up he's now caught up yeah he's in the home stretch now um we you know he like we say he had a paper route he kept that for yeah, a long time but then yeah. he kind of let that go and focused on getting ready for his audition for university mm-hmm. and he really is doing a lot towards his career which i'm really proud of Mm-hmm. So I think part of him sometimes feels like, oh, I got to get a job like everybody else. Well, there is uh, you element know, to it. Yeah, I, and there's a uh, you know a societal thing too. Like, you know, usually there, there's sort of a 
uh, normal way of doing things, quote unquote, right? And and we we are in a you know position where we can allow him to do what he wants to do. But he's also because he's kind of in the quote unquote family business. I I know what he needs to do to achieve what he wants to achieve. Yeah. And we have allowed him the opportunity, or afford he's been afforded the opportunity to to do that in that methodical way where he will likely be very successful if he wants to be in what he's he doing. He puts the time in. He does put the time in. He not puts everything the time in. not everything that you do minute by minute, hour per hour can be monetized. There is a trade off. Some stuff is just you gotta do it for free and you gotta do it out of passion. Yeah. So that is what he's doing. So we It's just so rewarding like to see him like because he used to always come in and say, Look mom, I'm learning this solo and yeah. it was just crushing to me because for so long he never did that yeah. when he was sick when he was at his absolute worst yeah the guitar stayed on the shelf or in the case for yeah. over quite a bit sadly it, it he drummed more yeah <laughs> he did he but that was that more anxiety. physical yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that was really um that was harsh to yeah. see that yeah but he just picked it back up and he's i i uh, i think i've seen two or three new solos last week yeah i just love it yeah, he tackled one of my favorites too, a little jerk. Which one? <laughs> you know, the the Pam Athene one in that Bruce Hornsby oh, yeah, song. He did it's good just too. oh sure. I mean he's 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 very talented and he's working very hard at it. And super I've, proud. I've tried to um explain to him that when because he is getting, I think, a bit of maybe comments from from others in his life, like, why don't you have a part time job? But uh, I went to school with a lot of people and know of other people that have kids that when they're, let's say, on the hockey train, right? They're yeah. they're going to camps. They're working individually at, at home. They might have a part-time job. They might not. But those people that put that time in, in a similar way, have a better shot of, you know, playing pro. Definitely. And that's and what we're doing with Cohen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he, he did put in, I think he just sent out like 10 resumes or he took them all around. Yes. Yeah, he has been. Absolutely. But anyways, yeah, yeah we just wanted to for sure. touch on that too. And, and so we're really proud of him for that. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, something else I think I just wanted to um, touch on is the video. Yeah. Yeah. So we uploaded the video of Cohen's journey and it's just like it's a glimpse, literally a glimpse. I mean, you can possibly get it all, but there's pictures like of sort of like when he was younger and then they go into as the depression kicked in. Yeah. And then it goes into you'll see him actually the one where he's riding in the backseat of the car. I took a picture of him in the rearview mirror. He was on his way to the hospital. There's uh, pictures of the hospital. Um, when he went in for the outpatient ECT, it follows through that. There's pictures of his doctor, which we'd asked. At the time, I remember saying to him, I want to do something positive with this. Can I take your picture? That was a couple years ago. And he's like, yeah, you can. So this was all with permission and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's up on YouTube. Yeah. And we're excited about that. Hopefully that helps. The song, again, was one from Pain of Salvation. Yeah. And it's a song that, as you'll see in the video, too, he's holding this poster which says the passing light of day. That's Pain of Salvation. Yeah, that's one of his favorite bands. And it's a really touching song. It's a a collage. That was a perfect song to pick. He picked it. Yeah. Uh, We went through, you know, we've got all of our photos. You were always very good to take photos through a lot of these um, you know, thank you. But yeah, these times that we were going through it, you're, <laughs> I'm so thankful for that because, uh, the last thing I think of is to grab my 
camera, yeah. but you do, and that's good because then we have these, and you can see the the journey. I mean, I even have that one picture that we stuck in there. Like we were in an airplane mm-hmm. <laughs> flying. He didn't look like he could care, you no. know, if we were there or not, or whatever we were doing. It wasn't. It wasn't even like you know, I want to die or whatever. It was just like I'm just unhappy. Like there's just this Kinda is apathetic. Yeah, or just flat. Yeah, yeah, flat. Yeah. Yeah, it was really difficult to see. It is where it was, and uh, but this video, you know, shows that journey, and it's it's the best we could do with a kind of a photo collage put to a to a song that really really touches him and touches us as well. So it's called Cohen's Journey. It's on your YouTube page, and we'll also share the link uh, on social media. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Hope you guys can check that out. Yeah. And see and what you think. Hopefully, it pr- you know gives gives you listeners some some light some positivity i mean again we're we're trying to wrap a a couple things up in this episode just to make sure that we're not you know leaving more questions and answers on some of this but it's um you know he i think he's as good as he can be you know i think he was always you know the he was always gonna yeah everyone's got a little something and he he was a an interesting little kid up until about grade seven and then things kind of flipped on its head and he was still an interesting kid. We had great oh, conversations yeah. with we him sure th- did, in his yeah. worst. And then sadly I could relate to him in a few ways that I probably wish I didn't, but you know, he was starting to do those things that a lot of teens do. They start to discover the world for what it is. And then you start to get online and you start to read these articles and watch these YouTube clips and that coupled with some chemical imbalances or whatever and you know yeah teen the teen years are hard life is hard in general but um you know you don't just leave it alone uh, no i see anxiety took him down some rabbit holes sure. there too with stuff yeah but um yeah he's on a good combination right now of yeah. medication he you know we've he's off the lithium now so he's just on yeah. two i guess yeah effects are in wellbutrin yeah yeah, um, yeah, very mid-level doses of those. Yeah. I would expect at some point he's probably going to try and come down at least off the effects or, or bring it down a bit, um, you know, and maybe even the Wellbutrin. I mean, th- th- that's the another part of the journey that certainly we will not be as familiar with is in the future what he will do as an adult. He just turns that's 18 right. now, and, and these are, you know, things that we, we've hopefully done the best we could to... Not overparent, but definitely not neglect and underparent. Um, yeah. Just help him through it, treat it like a, a health issue that it is, and send him on his way. Yeah. The last thing that I kind of wanted to talk about today was support. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of private messages this week about from some people saying that, you know, like they were wish they could have been more support or. You know, yeah. they were they weren't here. They weren't close enough. Yeah, friends um, and family. Yeah, yeah, was a good for sure. Yeah. And you know, honestly, we felt supported. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there to everybody. Um, we did feel supported. I mean, yes, we felt alone, but that's not because people weren't supporting us. It was just because though just the circumstance was we were by ourselves here. You know, we had yeah. people we could lean on. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think at some points in times, partly we didn't tell everybody everything because we didn't want to worry them. That and 
I mean, yeah, ultimately it's not to worry them. And I think what good is telling them anyway? Right? Well, I mean, yeah. The only thing is, as I remember, as we were just talking before yeah. we come on here about mom and dad in particular, mm-hmm. um, I remember having a conversation with them vividly that yeah. they were up here visiting and maybe we weren't hadn't been in touch as much or yeah, I we, don't know. Well, what it we was, definitely didn't give them the details no. probably to the level that perhaps we should have for yeah. our own sakes yeah, too. I, I think don't so. Know. And for yeah. their sake, because, you know, I remember mom saying, you know, no, we want to know because yeah. what we don't know, we don't, you know, they kind of worry and yeah. worries them more, I guess. Either worry or I think <laughs> the other side of it too. And maybe that's just more on my family, but think everything's okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, and that's okay too, I suppose. But, uh, you know, what they won't know won't hurt them, I suppose. But, but yeah. But it's, it's it, work to not share because I was just, I yeah. found a card here from my sister. No. And I remember like hitting a wall and just at some point during this time and thinking like, I just can't be enough. I can't, I don't, I, you know, my sister was going through cancer yeah. during this time something that we never did discuss um she was in chemo treatment she was here staying with us and we were helping her she came for the month of august yeah but prior to that she was in chemo so the family was in a lot of struggle yes yeah Yeah. at that time that's right they were dealing with it out there yes that's right they had their own they had their own stuff and we felt equally not great because we weren't there to help there i felt really like torn up about everything absolutely and i remember talking to my brother too and my sister I think it was a FaceTime or something and just like crying like I just feel like I can't be enough for everybody I it was it was a tough time um that was all through that spring but in that August that's the August before Cohen went in the hospital he went in November but in August Connie stayed with us Mm -hmm. and it you know that was that was a blessing out of a horrible situation because I took her to her radiation. Yeah. About f- she was going five days a week, but I think Dad came up Fridays yep. and picked her up or something. Yeah. But I took her for the most part, and we were able to spend some time together, which was really good for me. Mm-hmm. And um, we had some really fun times yeah. in the seventies on Seven. We watched a lot of Californication around yeah, that time. Mike I and Molly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We had the Mike and Molly DVDs. Yeah, Carac's gallbladder went on the fritz, so <laughs> we was taking him time. into the emergency. Yeah, my poor sister. I remember Ugh. her waking up in the middle of the night, like, oh, she poor thought time. somebody was yeah. breaking in because I was taking you to the emergency. <laughs> it was wild, but I just, yeah, yeah. I found this card um, that my sister had given me during that time, and I'm not going to read it all, but a couple of the lines that she said that, you know, it breaks my heart to see you in such pain. Please know you're a great and loving person who is more than enough for your family. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to read. No, I know. Well, that's but I guess in, in sharing that, I'm just sharing that, you know, every little bit that you tell somebody that you care about them or it helps if you're trying to support somebody that's going through that. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. So we do thank everybody that supported us, and that yeah. extends to even your music family. Oh, and my, my regular day your job family, family too. Your day job family. I never my felt alone. Yeah, I even, you know, I, it was, I, I think, like you, I felt helpless at times because so much of it is ultimately out of our control. You know, it's it's ultimately up to the person dealing with the health issues to to, to fight and to, to seek and to do the work. And the, the health 
practitioners, of course, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, we need, we had a lot of really good support. We had f- relatively flexible working arrangements, supportive yeah. coworkers, um, family was always, you know, at a phone call or a Facebook message away. I mean, we live just far enough where they can't really help as much on, you know, physically, but yeah. we also live close enough where we can, you know, be out there and at least pre COVID anyway, or they can come up. And so, yeah, it was, a, it was a challenge. Yeah. And <coughs> Cohen's uh, like brother and sister, they were good too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. They were good. And it, it, it must've been really hard for them as well. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, for better or worse, I feel like, and this will lead into to the next episode, because we had been through some of this with his sister already, you know, I feel like we, uh, at least I didn't feel quite as in the dark about it because we kind of knew what mm-hmm. we were dealing with n- even before the ECT thing, right? You know, the 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 meds and the, the appointments and, and the concept of, of mental health and, and where society and, you know, the brain interact. And, uh, it wasn't like, it wasn't like we were just hit with a truck with it, where I think some families, you know, it's just new to them and they don't, they don't realize, uh, and it also helps you sort of reframe things too, that from your, your past, or maybe even further back, some of your, you know, family members from before this is not new. No. What what is new is we're talking about it in a way that we we don't say things like uh, well he or she's just a drunk or yeah you know, they're they're a little little uh, cuckoo or whatever like no they, these are things that you know people are people and they have always been that way I I know of course with the internet and social media things are a little different now of course but. Um, the teen years have always been weird. I, mm-hmm. I, I, know, I think I've said this from even before. Um, and, it, you know, the, that therefore you don't, you're, my inclination anyway was t- to not overparent him at that time. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's let him get through some of this stuff. But there comes a point where there are enough flags that go up and you go, okay, we, th- we have to treat this as more than just, you know, him being a, a teen. Yeah. And we didn't always agree on everything. No, for sure. No, we, you know, we parent very differently. And uh, so that was, you know, some challenges for us there as mm-hmm. well, which, which we managed to get it through. But yeah. Um, yeah, well, it, I, that's, I think we balance each other out a little bit. I mm-hmm. mean, you're, but that's, you know, that's a mom and dad thing a bit too. You know, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm definitely not hands off, but I'm a little more hands off than you. And then, you know, but I miss things and you catch things. Well, so. you catch things too. Well, I do in in other ways, sure, but no, it's a uh, it, it it takes <laughs> like Jordan Peterson says, it takes a minimum of two people to raise a child. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's for sure. So yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah. Well, but I think that about wraps it up. I think so. Yeah, you bet. Um, of course, you know, feel again, feel free to reach out through the, uh, you know, through the social media, th- through the link, uh, even on your podcast player. There's a link where you can leave voicemails for us as well, and. Uh, we can include those as part of the show. We're, again, we're still not sure how much longer 
we're gonna do this, but we're gonna we're gonna bring in Amy on the next one. I think, and then John, if he still wants. We'll try and get John. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He lives a lot further away. We could probably patch him in on the telephone if I can figure out how to run some of this stuff. But yeah, well, due to COVID, it's pretty hard to get. Well, yeah. uh, we haven't even seen John. I miss yeah. him terribly. Yeah, I know it's been a long time. It's been way too long. Yeah, where there's going to be a lot of family visits going on this summer, I think. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> these miss late summer. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, as as everyone else has, uh, yeah, for definitely. sure. It's it's been a crazy time, but uh, a good time of reflection, and and really, it's probably a good time for us to do things like this because we've. Yeah. Had and I'm thankful that we weren't in COVID when this was oh, going on because can I can't imagine? even. I can't. No, and know, if I'm sure there's people that are doing it. Doing I'm sure it right there now, is. You know, yeah. and that's the stuff doesn't go away because, in fact, it might even be worse well, because it of it. You know, could and very that's well be, yeah. with lockdowns and. Oh, don't get me started on that. But, but yeah, it, it it is what it is, and we are just trying to share our stories to give people some hope and um, it, you know, it not expose so much, but just yeah, just to shed some light on yeah. On some it, of this it, stuff. And again, it's like Colin, I think mentioned last week. It's this isn't something that he or you or I are doing for any form of attention. Oh this God, is, no. This is <laughs> difficult. I just want to put that out for there. sure. This yeah. is difficult, but um, yeah. we did really think that, you know, hopefully this is something that can help. And if anybody does want to share the podcast um, and you can, I know I had somebody ask me about it at work and I wasn't actually sure what to tell them. So mm-hmm. if anybody wants to share it, just message me, private message me on Facebook or Instagram or, and um, we'll figure it out. I can, yeah. I've just been sharing the the anchor link yeah through our our podcast host we have uh, a link that we can share uh, like anchor.fm forward slash mary whiteside i think but uh yeah through through social media of course there's there's links and um and through your podcast player too depending on if you're an avid podcast listener uh if you have you know if you're subscribing to this uh there's usually a way right in your podcast player to do a share there's usually like a picture of a box with an arrow or sometimes there's the three dots you know there's there's usually a way and then you click and just look for the word share and um or of course just searching for um for the title of the podcast should be able to pull it up as well yeah so i just want to say a big thank you to everybody absolutely um we're really touched by all the people that have listened to this podcast yeah thanks for listening so far thanks for to those that have reached out thank you for doing that it's it's a, really appreciated yeah, it, and it's it's important it's important for us to make sure that we're hitting the mark on whatever we're talking about and to know that uh, you know you are not alone and we can we can get through this yeah Doesn't, we you, yeah. you got this can, yeah it can feel pretty Crush alone it. that's right okay all right okay thanks everybody yeah.